Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. Every semester, Yellow Dig brings tens of thousands of learners from the back rows of their classrooms to the center of the conversation. Our interactive community building platform allows students to post, interact, and share limitless content with our fun and engaging features that they'll enjoy using throughout the semester. Whether it's online, hybrid, or in person, our signature patented score system displays grades in real time and provides an accurate breakdown of their performance, so students can always know where they stand throughout the course. It also passes grades seamlessly to most learning management systems, which saves instructors a ton of administrative work. You can start using YellowDig for free for a full academic semester if you're eligible. You can learn more about eligibility, see the platform in action, and read case studies on YellowDig's efficacy on our website, yellowdig.co. YellowDig, learn together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another remarkable episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host. And today on the show, we have an amazing guest. We have Jeff Dillon, who is the founder of EdTech Connect. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Holly. I am thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to hear all of the great things that you're doing at EdTech Connect, and we can't wait for you to share. But first, we want you to tell us about your journey and how you got into this EdTech space. So tell us your story. Great. I would love to. Um, well, let me start way back in, it's about 1998. Um, I have somewhat of an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I had started a company with a couple um, friends of mine. It was a web development company in Northern Arizona. And, you know, we, we built up a company and sold it. And, and right after that, I became the first webmaster at Northern Arizona University. And it was interesting. It took that role out of the IT department and put it into marketing. So webmaster was that new term back in the day where, you know, you did everything. And I just, I grew out of it. I didn't like that term very much because it's, it's, it was, it was funny, but um, so as a webmaster at NAU, I did more than just the website. I was actually involved with the, the LMS migration. So we were on, um, I think it was uh, WebCT and we were moving to Blackboard. So I got involved with that in a lot of the um, design and I was actually helping support that, that migration. So that's kind of a little, my first you know, step we're going really like old school. Space. We're really going really old, old school. school. Bringing it back. Uh, Bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did a lot there at NAU, and 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 you know, eight years later, you know, with with so much experience, um, I took a step up and moved to California um, to work at Sacramento State University. And at that time, it, you know, it was 2000. The mobile revolution wasn't even here, so I moved for a similar role. What I was doing at NAU. By the time I left NAU. I was, um, I had a couple part-time people, a um, couple students, and it was a little bit of a team, but, you know, the mobile revolution wasn't here. I think there were still access databases that were driving some websites. And, um, but in 2008, 
um, in Sacramento, I was really, really interested in the mobile, the mobile space and, and really helped lead uh, and build Sacramento State's mobile app into um, something that I would be presenting on all over the country um, because we positioned it as a tool to help students with basic needs. Uh, students that had basic needs um, issues, they didn't know where the next meal was coming from. And so we, we added a lot of different features to the app for that. And that's kind of what I was most proud of at, at Sacramento State. Um, so from 2008 to 2021, um, uh, I did that for 13 years in Sacramento. Um, and right before the pandemic, uh, you know, and, and I'll tell you more about Sacramento. You know, I, I was the director of web and mobile services. And so I had the LMS um, in my purview and, you know, central content management system and the mobile app and a lot of legacy applications and an amazing team of developers. And we did, we got a lot done. Um, but right before the pandemic in early March, I started building what I had thought that higher ed needed for so long because I had 20 years experience up to that point. So this is March of 2020. Um, and it was it was this idea that that we don't really share information very well. You know, we have these supporting organizations that support IT and they're great. So we have Educause, we have the Higher Education User Group, you know, the HOOG, um, even the Benchmarking Institute for Higher Education for community colleges, basically. They're these great organizations, but they're on the same model. And the model is, you know, put the university at the center of the conversation and the university controls access to that data in the community. And it just often doesn't work well because all the people who are making decisions or, or making recommendations don't have access to that data. Sometimes they can get it, but there's this barrier. And I thought, why don't we share information better? And I was really thinking at the California State University level, because we're the biggest, you know, system in the in the country. You know, we do some great collaboration within the system, but why don't we take out the university from from the, you know, as a hurdle, and go right to the users using software in higher ed, yeah. and ask them what they're using. And yeah. so that's what I started prototyping, and then the pandemic hit. And so that kind of didn't really throw a curveball. What it really did is accelerate the importance of what, what we were doing. So I rounded up some friends from all over the country, um, about five of us, and we kind of prototyped and built this, um, this idea that, that went live in October. Sure, from March to October during the pandemic was the craziness. So I'm still doing my job and I'm doing this on the side, building this platform to, to really share technology usage. And in October, we went live with a beta and it was only, we, we reached out to a few friends. So there was like 20 of us at that point in October of 2020. And we didn't wow. tell anyone really. It was, it just grew by word of mouth. Yeah. Um, You've had a really amazing journey in this space. And you know, I, I really admire what you, you know, you've, you saw certain things happening and you wanted to, to make that change and how you know, higher education filled with bureaucracy, as many of us know, and red tape and putting, you know, users and, you know, vendors at the, at the center of this, you gave a great like trailer for what you're going to talk about with EdTech Connect. <laughs> but what yeah. I want to ask you, um, in, in your story, um, what, who has inspired you or do you have a favorite like educational quote that you like live by that you want to share? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I do have a quote, but I don't know who said it, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I should know who said this, but it's, it's only the educated are free. 
And I just love that quote. Um, so someone probably that's listening will know who said that, but I love yeah, that Yeah, we'll quote. put it in the show notes too. So yeah, we'll figure it, it out. There. Quick Google it. <laughs> and, right. and then inspired too, who inspired me? So many people, but I'd have to say kind of a, maybe a little cliche, but I, I, at first it was probably Sal Khan. Um, because he's somewhat, you know, I love that entrepreneurial spirit, but in it, he kind of ties it together. You know, I think it was, gosh, it was maybe 2009 or 10 where he quit his job as a financial analyst and was, it was not a sure thing. People are like, what is this guy doing? But, um, I mean, one of the pioneers of, of, of free education. I mean, I just love that guy. So, um, that's so many, but that's, that's, that's one of them. Yeah. Excellent. So being as it that you've been in this space for a very long time, and you're develop, you've developed your own product, your own tool, resource system, whatever you want to call it. How would you personally define educational technology? Hmm. Well, I mean, aside from like maybe a standard definition that people kind of that's out there, like which is, you know, using software and hardware to facilitate teaching and learning, that type of a definition. You know, I believe that's a good definition, but I think my definition is even bigger than that because when you say teaching and learning, you know, you kind of think, okay, it's, it's for learning. You know, you might not think of all that supporting infrastructure underneath, you know, behind the scenes. And so I think it's, you know, I really have the good words for that, but, but it's, it's everything within, you know, for me, it's higher ed, the higher ed ecosystem, but, but whether you're in K-12 or um, whatever level of education we're talking about, it's not just the classroom. And then, I mean, some examples of that are like, what are you using to support your service desk? You know, there's a, tools out there like um, like a tool called Tech Ready that that can tell you if your if your computer is even ready to to do what you need to do and send it to your service desk. But no one knows that there's that that's out there that we're doing things like that. But there's technology like that or even AI where there's we don't have time to go search for the patterns in our data. So we have we have people's zip codes, we have their LMS information, but who's looking into seeing like why are students in this certain zip code struggling? But there's companies doing that can do things like that, like invoke learning that can just tell you the patterns and say, look, why, why is this geographic area doing well and this one's not? And um, so I would say it, it, it's pretty, pretty encompassing. So I don't have a good um, definition, but um, I, there's this graphic I have on my site that I hope, I hope all your listeners go visit, but it's, it's a periodic table of higher education technology. And so that's a good answer to what my, oh my, you know, what is my definition of it. It's yes, just imagine the periodic table. table. Yeah. It's, and go, it's go unbelievable. And I can check it out. Yes, definitely go there and check it out. And we'll put the information in the show notes, but that is one of the best graphics. I love that graphic so much and it can find out great information. And you mentioned a few great other ed tech companies. Now, getting into ed tech connect, let's get, let's dive deeper into what it is what you do, how, you know, how do things work? What are, you know, what's the platform? Um, how do you advertise or, you know, tell us about yeah. everything. Yeah, we'll do. Um, so it's, it's grown, but it really, it was, it's pretty true to my original vision. Um, it's, it's, how do I explain? It's kind of a, it's a crowdsourced inventory of software usage in higher ed. And when I say crowdsource, it's, it's kind of better than crowdsource because, we verify uh, the users who are participating by their institutional email address. So when we went live, you know, you had to have a .edu email address to get in, which is still pretty much the case, but now we've opened it up worldwide and it takes a little more work to verify those users. 
But once you verify that you are a higher ed, you're affiliated with a higher ed institution, you submit a profile, kind of like a LinkedIn profile, but we ask you about your skill set. You know, we ask you what software you're using at your school. And once you tell us what software you're using at your school, that's the key because we have access to all the Department of Education information in the US. And so we match that up to, the, to that. And now we have tech stacks of any participating school. And it's not that the, the CIO said, this is our tech stack. It's a byproduct of the users who work there. So it's an unduplicated list of, unique, of software being used at, at that institution. So the whole key is to get participation. So we all go sign up and list what software we're using. And then anyone in higher ed has access to all the data for free. There's no sign up. Your institution does not have to be a member. And, and that's the real prize. So we don't, you know, we have software reviews and ratings, but we don't pay. Like a lot of rating sites will pay you with a gift card or something like that. We can't do that. We're just a, a very grassroots model. And, but, but they're using it in you know, the higher community using it because the prize is the data. You know, the, a few weeks ago, I had to, I had to diagnose a problem. There's a problem with um, Duo, MFA, and Azure cloud services. And I can go on EdTech Connect and say, okay, what schools are using Duo with Azure? And then we can say, hey, are you having the same problem as we are? And so, um, so, so that's the basic model is it's, a, it's, it's somewhat of a vendor assessment tool. It's a collaboration tool. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a ratings and review site. It's a little bit of a LinkedIn, a little bit of a Wikipedia, but it's all for a, in a higher ed wrapper. So it's all exclusively for higher ed. Um, so that's the I model. Can't, I can't tell you how many times, and, uh, and we've talked before this, but I can't tell you how many times I've tried, like at your institution, you'd like my supervisors asked me, okay, well, find a list of tools that such and such university is using. <laughs> Where do I find this list? I mean, do I call them up on the phone? Do I email their instructional technology team? You yeah. know, their IT team? What do I do? And then I go on EdTech Connect and it lists them all by the institution mm -hmm. I sign up. And then it, it tells you people have rated the, you know, the technology and what they've done with it. They'll leave comments about it. And you can go search through based on different categories. And it's just so easy. And it's like right there. It's right there in front of you and it's all free. Surprise your students on day one with an interactive community building platform that allows them to post, interact, access their grades and share limitless content. Thanks to our fun and engaging features that they'll enjoy using throughout the semester. Whether it's online, hybrid or in person, you can start using YellowDig for free for a full academic semester if you're eligible. For more information on eligibility and how YellowDig works, please visit yellowdig.co. YellowDig, learn together. You know, you don't, you can sign up and you can go explore and, and meet other people. So really what you're doing here is, is amazing. And you're bringing out what is needed for the higher ed community. Like people need to know Thanks. these things. Thanks, Holly. I, I love hearing that because you just touched on something that I'd like to say to you. What happened to me is in January of 2020, so this is two months before I started building it, I was tasked at my school at Sacramento with finding a workflow solution. I had some other people that were looking to you, but our, our little team was supposed to find a cloud workflow solution to replace an existing system or to, to augment it. And I, I have a lot of experience in this, and I was having trouble narrowing, narrowing the list down because all the vendors out there 
so many of the vendors are not higher ed focused. And so what we're trying to do is really highlight the vendors who are, who, who are building their product for higher ed, because there's a lot out there who are big companies who, who can say, oh yeah, we can do that, but have they done it? And, and what are the use cases? And so um, I wanted a way to get to my short list a little quicker. You know, I want to shorten that painful procurement cycle that we have in higher ed. And that's kind of, you know, two of the, two of the goals, but. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Now you talk about the users that come into your community, but talk about the, the vendors, how do the vendors benefit from access yeah. to EdTech Connect and, and, and different types um, of situations yeah, there? Great question. Um, well, the, we are 100% focused on building this community for our expert user base, which is our .edu community. But what we're realizing is the vendors are very excited about this too, because um, unlike other platforms, I know there's some out there that, that have communities, our, our, our .edu community is very private. So we don't release the, the, the profiles of any of our users to the vendors, but we still have this layer of, of communication we can kind of curate in that vendors come on and we allow them to claim their listing for free. So, so what we do is in higher ed is we're constantly daily having um, our users add listings saying, hey, we use this in higher ed and another higher ed user will approve it. We have a new listing, but we don't know much about that listing. So we do the best we can in higher ed to say, okay, this, this does this. And then some other user might rate it. But then if the vendor comes in and says, hey, we're gonna claim our profile, they can control the content of their listing and say, hey, our product actually does this. You know, they can see the ratings. Um, so there's a free level for everyone. Um, the model is subsidized and they, they can bump up their level and have access to the data, not the user data, but the aggregated um, data for, at the university level. They might want to see the trends. So that's, that's how we're subsidizing it is the vendors are, are, are jumping in and, and submitting most, a lot just submit a free listing and they claim their listing, but some really want to see the, those trends and, and that's been really valuable for them. So that's the, the vendor side of it. Um, and, and it works well. It's it's serving as a kind of a, a, a channel for them to learn more about higher ed as well. Yeah, and definitely. And they can get access. Like I know you offer that free listing, but going into the other levels of access that you have, um, they can get access to other the, the analytics, the data, the stuff that they really need to know, that they really need to know to make their product better, you know? like Yeah, and we, we can support... Um, um, more on their listing too. So they'll be able to embed a little more like rich content if they go to the next level as well. Right. And and how many, about how many people are in the community now? Talk about, talk about the growth. So where you started yeah. and where you are now and talk about the people that have joined and the different vendors as well. Sure. That's a great one. Um, so I think I mentioned um, around March, we went, so October of 2020, so a little over a year ago, we went live with the beta. No one knew about it, um, but we slowly grew. So five months later was March of 2021, just this year, we went out of free trial mode. In that time in March, um, we were allowing all the vendors to get the full access for free, just to give us the, com you know, the, the comments and tell us what they thought of it. When we went out of free trial mode, you know, some of the vendors had to bump up and pay. Some didn't, they kept their free listing. But at that point we had about 180 listings. So we went from, I forget what we had in October, but on March, we had 180 listings. We had maybe 250 users, maybe something like that. 
uh, might be a little less. And we probably had about 100, they were probably from about 100 institutions. So that was March. Fast forward to today, we have um, about almost 600 users from, we're just about 400, I have 398 institutions. By the time this airs, we'll be over 400. Um, 400 institutions, you know, people from 400 institutions, about 600. And we have 760 plus software listings or, or solution listings. So we have service providers and software listings. Oh my listings. gosh. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> that's so a the, lot. That's, that's... We crowdsourced all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, and that's fantastic. It's a, it's a great list because it's, if you look at these huge ratings platforms, you know, they have thousands of, of software titles. But we don't, we're not proud of them. It's not the number. It's, it's that we know these 700 plus are higher ed software listings. So if you, if you find a, a company on, on there, you know, they're a higher ed vendor. So that's what we're proud of is that it's a curated list of, of, of higher ed company. Right. And you can just go sign up, log in, find out what your school is using, find out what other schools are using. It's so easy to do. So We've we've talked a lot about you know the product, the service, the vendor side, the user side, um, you know, and what EdTech can connect offers. Now, what's what's coming up? What's on the roadmap? What are some of your goals for the upcoming year? What are you looking to do to keep continue the growth? That's a good question. Um, one little thing we're doing that's going to be a win for a lot of people is we're going to provide an area for the vendors to post their security and accessibility documentation. So as many of you probably know, when you're purchasing a product, you need to see that HackBat and that VPAT. And this is a sweet spot for everyone. We need to see those early on in the procurement cycle. So we're going to add that feature. It's a very little easy thing to do. So we'll be doing that. Um, we're going to build a better, um, a uh, really good threaded discussion area that we don't have yet. We really need that community built up. So it's all about growth right now. But, but we're soon focusing on the collaborative piece. So it's easier to connect with each other. Um, those are two of the, um, uh, of the, of the bigger points and, uh, kind of in the literal, literal, smaller points. Um, I guess it's not smaller, but UI improvements because it's all about how easy this is to use. So we're going to, we have a redesign coming, um, and implementing some tools that can help us with, with, uh, a pretty, one of the best of breed search tools out there. I mean, if you haven't heard of this tool, um, it's it's called Funnelback, and so we're working with Squiz, which is kind of a lead, leading um, provider for higher ed digital experience platform. They have the only, actually, the only digital experience platform, and they're one of our ed tech vendors. And and we're using we're going to be using their uh, Funnelback to power our search. So that's exciting. But um, we're kind of almost getting kind of caught up a little bit. I'd say that discussion is kind of the big thing. The rest are kind of little. And so we would love to get more comments from our users as to what do you want? What do you need to see? What do you want to see? So, I mean, the list has been so big and we're, we're chipping away at it. And I think we're, those are, those are the things on the list right now. Those sound, that sounds really like a great idea to continue to develop that sense of community and letting people talk to each other, see each other, but then you know, continuing to grow. There's, there's so many ed tech tools out there, as we know from this podcast (laughs) and lots of higher ed ones. So we want to make sure that you want to make sure that you have all that into, in your system so that people can, you know, vet it and filter it. And, you know, faculty can explore it. Jeff, I absolutely love what you're doing with ed tech connect. I know we met like on LinkedIn and you started talking to me about it and I went and immediately signed up. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, you know, I've shared with a few people about what you're doing. So it's, it's, I'm sure the journey is going to continue to be awesome for you. Now, well, thanks, Holly. I love what you're doing too. Oh, thank you. That's why we're such good buds. Um, yeah. So let's, let's kind of wrap up the episode a bit here and we're going to get into our final two questions. Now, being that you're a fabulous ed tech connoisseur, curator of all these different things, I want to know what does the future of educational technology look like? And then the final question, did we miss anything? Is there anything else you want to share too? Tell us about the future and anything else you want to share about EdTechConnect. Wow, the future, that's a great one. Um, I think I've covered EdTech Connect pretty well. I would just ask anyone out there who's in higher ed, sign up, check it out, let me know what you think. Um, as far as the future of higher ed, you know, I could talk forever, we have a whole, whole other episode on that, but I'll, I'll leave with a couple things. And one is we have to, we really have to embrace AI. And I mentioned one company earlier, Invoke, it's, that's kind of more of an extreme example that's, that's awesome that people can even grab their heads around sometimes. But even at the most basic level, um, the chatbots are here now. And that's going to be the next wave is like, what, what school doesn't have a chatbot? Because what we need to do for our students is allow them, give them support where they want it, where they need it. And they want it on their mobile device. They want it 24-7. And so that's what a chatbot can do for you. And there's all these different flavors and ways that they can be built. But, but in general, um, you know, you're going to see every school that's going to be using that technology in one way or another. Um, where we're going to land with this whole hybrid model is really, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous that, that, that this pandemic is, you know, we know it's changed us forever, but I think it's really polarized, you know, higher ed, and that's going to continue. And we just have to be aware of it. I think we can't really fight it, but but you can't, you know, all these, how we're going to use all these campuses and, and campuses have to get really creative with how they're going to use their space. And there's a, there's a little too much of the, we're going to get back to, to, to how things were, we're getting back to the classroom rather than how are we going to use these buildings? Not let's get people back in the seats, but um, so I don't really know how that's going to play out, but I just, I want to encourage all the universities to really think of other ways to use your campuses because it's, it's not going to go back to the way it was. And I think um, some people fight that a little much, but um, oh, I'll leave it at that. And there's, <laughs> they definitely fight there's a little that. too much. Trying, yes. Yeah. Well, I think so, I, I totally I'll, agree with you. I think that it's not going to go back to the way it was, despite what, you know, some people want. And like you said, we have some of the, we have amazing, beautiful campuses around the country. And we don't want those brick and mortar things to go away, those traditions, you know, those sorts of things. So they're really going to have to get created about how they're using their spaces. And, you know, what type of role technology plays in that and how are students going to come in, you know, are they going to do hybrid type situations? Are they going to come in and take tests? What's, what's going to happen there? Are they going to come in for events that are related to their class? There's a lot of different things to talk about there. So I definitely agree with you. It's not going back to the way that it was. And the institutions are going to be, have to be very, very creative. Yeah. So, wow, that episode went by super fast. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you so much for your time, Jeff, and coming on the show and sharing all the wonderful things that you're doing at EdTech Connect. I can't wait till the audience hears this episode because 
you know, one of the things that's going to happen is you're just going to get an influx of people signing up and then you're going to get vendors calling you or emailing you and asking how to get on your site. And it's going to be the place to go. It's going to be the place to go to find higher education technology tools that are fabulous and that faculty can engage in and that help our learners. So it's going to be all around fantastic. Thanks, Holly. I hope so. And hey, anyone can add software we're missing. So get on there and add some. Yes, add some stuff. I've added some <laughs> stuff too. It's, it's so easy to do. So thanks again. Right. Thanks, Holly. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of EdUp EdTech with your host, Holly Owens. You can follow Holly on LinkedIn. You can also visit her website at jollyholly.me to find out more about what she's up to. Please head to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content and leave us a rating, review, and please subscribe to be notified of future episodes. This has been another incredible episode of EdUp EdTech with your host, Holly Owens.